0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Computer Weekly Downtime Upload Podcast. I'm Cliff Sarin and my guest today is Habin Meta, who is the Chief Digital and Innovation Officer at BT. Now, um, to get things started, Harveen, can you give me a little background about yourself and what you're doing at BT at the moment?
1: Sure, um, sure, Cliff. Um, So, Harmin Mehta, I am the Chief Digital Innovation Officer at BT. I run everything digital, the um, transformation, the digital channels, um, all of tech. Um, We're also building a lot of new um, um, products and platforms. which are very digital first and also incubating uh, new business ideas for uh, for for BT. So I get to play in all those fields.
0: Now, I've read some interesting articles that you have done on um, the subject is uh, service management. You have some interesting views on service management uh, would you like to expand on that? What are your views on service management? And what are the limitations of service management? Where does it fit in? Where doesn't it fit
1: in? I think um, um, the amazing thing is that for uh, a lot of us who are in the in the digital world, um, mm. we our uh, thinking um, has evolved a lot on how we build products, what kind of products to build, how do we... Um, you know, structure ourselves so we're more agile and we build more platforms, etc. But when it comes to how we serve on those products or how do we internally run ops for those, maintain them, um, I think um, that's where some of the new thinking, for some strange reason, in not in every organization, but in many organizations, actually falls short. Hmm. So we want to be seen to be doing all the new cool stuff, but how do we, um, you know, organize ourselves or, or it's not only ourselves, but it's, you know, really the whole platform space and bring a, a different thinking um, and more digital thinking into, in, into service is often left as an afterthought. And one of the reasons for that is because um, very often customer, um, you know, we have a, either a very product led view or a very vertical led or a business led view. But if you were thinking everything from a, a, you know, coming from a lens of being customer first or truly being customer obsessed mm. during the life cycle of a customer, it's not only how the customer interacts with us. It's also how we interact with the customers and how equally part of that journey is how we do not interact with the customer. And every time we do not do so because something has broken in the chain yeah. and management <clears throat> of that, um, and this is, you know, ever since technology um, uh, existed, um, you know, service management has existed. But if everything else, if digital uh, has paved the way for new product and platform thinking and technology has paved the way for AI, uh, why would service management actually, I wouldn't even say evolve, See, I would almost say cease to exist. <laughs> A lot of, if we're talking about building Um, you know, AI to understand um, conversations and understand um, sentiments and emotions and how different things are happening in our organizations. Well, why would AI not understand the failures inside the technology and inside the organization and also have the intelligence to go and tackle that?
0: Mm.
1: And why not actually start from there first?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, service management. From what you're saying, uh, we we're not recording the the where we don't have interactions with the customer, and, and that that just gets me thinking about well, the, you know, there, there's a big hole in service management. if you don't know that you you're, I mean, is it the right tool for the job? I mean, that's presumably you know what a customer service tool would do is understand that we haven't interacted with the customer therefore we should i mean isn't it just a matter of connecting different technology technologies together so that the service management somehow feeds back look i haven't heard from the customer in you know because the crm system whatever says look you know we need to speak to so and so uh, and i don't know i mean is is, is is there some is does all the technology to do this exist or is there some something actually missing
1: Actually, all the technology we we use today um, to do anything and everything um, in you know for our businesses and for our customers exists, and this is no different than that. This is actually using that technology for for the sake of um, providing a different use of the technology itself. It's actually using tech within tech. Mm. Um, that's what uh, what it is about. I mean, today uh, we're all you know why does a customer, a customer shouldn't need to, it's not about a customer needing to call to say, oh, um, I can't do this. And then us figuring out that, oh, maybe something is broken, maybe the system is down. And it's not actually about seeing whether the system is up or down. I think that also is, is, is really, passe. it's almost cliche now in today's Mm. day and age. It's about being able to predict that well, something is about to go down because something else has got impacted. And if normally, when it goes down, every single action that is taken in any organisation, no matter how advanced or or not advanced technically it is, mm. is either designed by a um, uh, by by a human or the action is taken by the human. Okay. So, by the same lens, if we were to go by and say if we can package and bottle that. Mm. That's what digital does when we are digitizing the journey. We're we're taking the human out of the loop. We're getting a very good experience to the customer. We're getting the customer to interact directly with tech instead of interacting through a human. Um, doing exactly the same in the case of failures or in the case of any glitches that happen behind the scenes as well. You do It's the same thinking and the same thought process. But I, I don't know. I think it is something about um, organizations spending more time on things that are visible, and less time and money on things that are not visible, mm. um, and that's because whether I don't know whether we come from um, um, from 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 different angles of saying that this is what the customers can touch and feel and see, and hence let's me start there. But if we truly thought about the customer, saying what the customer sees is not only what the customer really feels because there is a lot of tech that happens in the background or when, um, in fact, most of the cases, our interactions with the customers in a digital world are more when they want to do it, it is digital. When they contact a human being is when digital is broken. Mm. So in that scenario itself, Bringing that same digital thinking in that scenario and saying, well, why couldn't I predict that before and fix it even before the customer even realized it? Yes. And all the tech, everything is absolutely available. It's in our fingertips.
0: Mm. Um, let, let me ask you about um, some of the things that excite you. I mean, um, so, you know, it's uh, Mobile World Congress. I mean, this, that's mm-hmm. happening. Uh are there sort of things there? Well, there are, there, I'm sure there are very exciting things happening in at Mobile World Congress. But generally, um, what what would you say is the most uh, interesting areas? That's not not you know maybe this year, but just generally what's happening in mobile. What, what do you see as the as, as the exciting things for you? What are the most exciting things for you?
1: Well, I'm literally just coming back from MWC. Um, And um, it was um, it was good to see um, the you know conference is kind of back uh, to its very almost um, almost pre-COVID level. So Mm. um, uh, lots of excitement, lots of interactions, lots of people, uh, lots of tech um, on on show, new things coming up. And the other interesting thing was that more than fifty percent of Uh, whether it's the companies there or the exhibits that are there are actually outside of the mobile industry. Mm. Um, And I was talking to, um, uh, you know, the head of the conference and I thought that was a mind-boggling stat because that also shows that how it's not only just about the industry, but it's also about what the telco industry is enabling for all other industries, whether Mm. they're from automobiles to um, um you know healthcare to aviation to um you know different walks of life to you know even tech startups and and gaming and every other aspect that you can you can think of um and technology will continue to evolve and you know telecom technology will also continue to evolve and um and that's all a all a good thing but at the same point if we step back and see what's next i think there is an evolution in the in the telco world that will op, on the networks and uh, and offerings that will continue, but the biggest evolution and what's really mind boggling is the use cases on top and how mm. many many more of those are enabled. And in fact, one of my best examples of that was um, a few year, uh, a few weeks back. I was um, uh, I was with some friends at the Aba Voyage. Um, Um, you know, concert and and just watching Mm. it. And for a technologist, you know, um, you know, what's happening behind the scenes as well. But in 10 minutes, you're so engrossed in that whole experience. And it becomes so immersive that you forget that actually what you're celebrating is images and not real human beings that are standing there and just holograms Mm. of them.
0: But that's Um, that's only if you think about it uh, from a perspective of, enjoying the show, you enjoy the show for what it is, right? you oh, absolutely. You're, you're not think. it's like, you know, you, you say when you switch on Netflix or Amazon, you don't say, oh, well, that's a server starting up every time I click the mouse, <laughs> click the button to play a, play a, play a video stream. Uh, No, absolutely. It's it's taken for granted,
1: yeah? It it is taken for granted, and it should be taken for granted. Mm. Um, And that's what it is about. But, you know, as technologists, it's our job to actually bring that to life, to Mm. bring that to customers. And that's exactly the point I'm making. It's all about creating that experience for the consumers. And that's where, um, you know, the reward lies. That's where the joy lies. And that's what technology is all here to do. And I think the coming world is... um, um, is going to be very exciting. and even AI, the way the interactions with AI are becoming so seamless. Um, mm. Even a you know a person who's completely not in touch with technology anytime they they browse through just Netflix, they're interacting with, Layers and layers of AI, not just, you know, um, a a simple AI. It's Mm. everything, you know, from the the rails that come in to the order of the rails to what is shown in the rails to how it's customized to your taste and personalized. It really is. It's every single person's view is an ultra unique view that's only there for them.
0: Mm.
1: And that is all coming through AI. We don't realize that every time you shop on Amazon, there's more AI than... um, then static information on that page again so it's almost every walks of life um you're actually interacting with it with it a lot more so that is you know something that's going to happen increasingly happen as the world goes along as well and it's all about creating intuitive products that really solve some problem for the customers and technology is just the means to be able to do that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i mean i've From a personal, you know, my own personal web browsing experience and uh, on YouTube, which has been in the news recently, but um, this this is not about what's going on at YouTube, but it's just about how sometimes the, and I'll give you several examples, but um, you know when you're, say, shopping for a new bathroom, right? You know, you, you, you go online, you go and find the best stores, you go and find the best product and you bought it now the the idea that next week you also want to search for a new bathroom is unlikely given that you've just bought one right yeah um the the thing that i see with recommendation engines and with ai at the moment is that and i'm sure that this is going to change over time but they're not smart enough i don't think they're smart enough to understand that once you have made once you've found something you're not you're unlikely to go and look look for that thing again and again and again and maybe you know if you, you want in in the video stream say just one example not every single example which is what i have had on youtube of something that i just was mildly interested in and now suddenly the whole stream is full of uh, recommendations of the same subject uh, <laughs> now is there, uh you know and i have seen it with that with, with other things as well and I mean, the example with you know when you when you buy it, when you make a large purchase you're going to do that once and you're not going to buy that product again for a very long time uh now i, I know there's not no easy answer but i don't you know if that is you know where the sort of kind of like where what we're seeing from ai it's uh they it still has a lot of learning to do
1: I, um so this is going to be a very interesting debate, Cliff, because I actually think then it's just um either something that hasn't, you know, fully clicked in place or um maybe it is that uh it's a it's a channel that you either visited for a lo- after a long time or um or or, or something else because from uh, if I look at the same piece from a different perspective, hmm. I would say um, most of the AI now is intelligent enough. Where actually it will not recommend you the big change, and if you did buy a bathroom, the next recommendation you are most likely to get is, you know, could be from from either towels or from you know things you could use in the bathroom, or mm. maybe accessories and taps and things like that. And AI is is more than getting to that point. I mean, look at the sensation that Chad GBT has done over the last uh, few weeks itself. And mm. you know, every time and you know, um, yeah, I played with it uh, a, a long by ba- uh, a long way back, and I played with it recently as well. And it's amazing from just a few months how much it's 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 grown mm. it has the average intelligence now it's getting to literally in months in 6 months it's grown from the average intelligence of a toddler to now getting to almost the average intelligence of a teenager mm. and in another year it it could probably you know have more intelligence than uh, a few of us put together yes yeah. uh, and i and i think just the concept of that that Over a period of time, something that's so self-learning and it can, you know, it can pass a a bar exam when it has not been the language model has not been taught Mm. on the bar, um, you know, on the um, uh, on the law books. Yes. So that is the power. So I think the recommendation engines is they have a lot of other parameters in because the recommendation engines ultimately are built with companies with they're also going to feed in a a, um, a view of what they want to sell in as well and where their margins are a bit more together with your taste. Mm. And it's a blend of all of that. But it's the power of where technology and where AI is going. It is, um, I actually think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm a child of AI winter. I, I graduated <laughs> in AI when the world mm. didn't, wasn't really using AI. And looking at where it is today, I, I think this is, I wish I was born today. I mean, this is this is the era to live in if you're a
0: technologist. <laughs> That's a good quote. I wish I was born today. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, I, I mean, do you think there's a need for people to stop and think a little uh, about the implications of AI? Uh, You've you mentioned two interesting points there. You have mm-hmm. you have recommendation engines that for want of a better phrase, they have a bit of an agenda. Mm -hmm. And you have an AI that could go out and do anything and make better decisions than human beings, or a couple of humans. At at some point in the future, it will definitely make better decisions than human beings. Um, Now, (laughs) there are going to be ethical questions that are being asked around that. And the idea that you know some of this technology is controlled by very large organizations that do have an agenda is also um something to be concerned about but we need yeah, those, that we need we need those sorry we need those companies to develop the technology of course uh, you know they're yeah. part of supporting that to make it happen uh, is there enough going on are, are we really thinking about the implications
1: I think well, the topic of AI ethics is 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 one of the hot debates at the moment, mm. and um, um, and I think um, I think the topic needs to be debated a lot, and there is um, there is a lot of merit in the debate itself. Mm. In fact, more merit in the debate, um, regardless of you know where where we land. Um, I think organizations that are really progressing and helping us progress in in this area, um, for the fear of something not working out, I mean, in my personal view, we should not be, be be curbing that thought as well, because if that were the case, well, an airplane wouldn't have never been invented, and we wouldn't know what it is to fly. Mm. Um, and at the same time, um, on the on the flip side, when we are talking about autonomous cars, Well, today, humans drive cars, accidents happen. And when an accident is about to happen, a human reflex in almost every case kicks in to do what the human in that literally split of a second thinks is best. Mm. Sometimes it's to swirl the car, sometimes to stop the car, sometimes it's out of control, whatever it is. Mm. Um, But there is a reflex action that kicks in. The AI is no different. The only difference is that some of it you programmatically plan through. And there was a there was an article that um, uh, it was very many years ago, but um, when the topic of autonomous cars was uh, was was really on fire almost a couple of years ago. But I still recall vividly that it was about how cars and the autonomous software is actually allowing the cars to make decisions. Um, that you know, if you had both sides, you could not avoid an adversity. Which is a better adversity, and which is a worse adversity? Yes, I've seen now, that article. Yeah. Mm. So what is right about that, you know? And I think they had taken a very vivid example that there's a baby in a trawler, um, um in a trolley. And sorry, mm. and there was there's there was probably an aged person. I mean, who would you save?
0: <laughs> and I mean-
1: it's. It's, I I don't know, is there, is there actually a right answer to that question? Dare I say, how can there be a right answer to a question like that? Mm. But you have to, if you are playing with AI, it is the right question to ask. It is the right question to actually, it, absolutely the right question to think about.
0: Mm.
1: So that is also our job to go and say, well, in this scenario, what is it that we are going to do? What is it that we are going to pr- um, propose? What is it that we are we are we are comfortable with, and what is it that we are not comfortable with? Yes, that is what is AI ethics more than anything else. And I don't know. I mean, the only thing I feel is some of this um, uh, has to be a debate, and some of it has to be uh, a decision, and a lot of it actually just has to be more of experimentation because. This is a field that's still evolving, and we've just we just need to allow ourselves to continue to learn and grow with this field.
0: Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, I think governments are, you know, looking at this very closely. And uh, I mean, what's interesting is they they're obviously not all <laughs> deeply into technology as yourself or you know, and, or me. And uh, I think that. The idea that you have an autonomous AI system that can go out and do its own thing well, is it, it scares it scares them somewhat. Um, and uh, I think one of the quotes is: "Is there a kill button? Can you switch this thing off? You know, is there a control or delete?" <laughs> um, but um, but
1: is that can I debate that? So is that coming from a fear that we 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 fear it will make the wrong decision? But what do you do about human beings that are on the roads every day that mm. make a conscious choice to have two or three drinks and then drive the car?
0: Mm, mm. Do we
1: have a kill button for them?
0: Well, yeah, you know, the <coughs> one one says that the uh, one one would assume that uh, hopefully their uh, their friends or the pub landlord would say, "Hey, you know, you basically get a taxi home." <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a it's the same thing here that you would at the end of the day it's ai is not living on its own ai is interacting with human beings and that itself is what is going to allow it to grow in the right way mm. and yes but it's the right uh, the right question to ask is if it is something that is powerful can it be used the wrong way mm. the answer to, to to that is yes but it's the same way again um, with human beings as well, and with, with many other things. And you know it's the same question. the The whole gun debate around the world is 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 no different. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, like I said, i I often believe that in some of these things, um, the fact that there is a debate is is actually a more powerful thing because there are always going to be different views. But none of the the debates should not be thwarting the progress of, you know of of humankind. Um, because then there'd be no difference between us and objects but um, Mm. uh, as long as it's more about saying that what is the best use and what is the safe use and what is the right use then it's a very then it's a very healthy debate
0: Mm. I mean I I guess it's just that you know once once you kind of open the, the box and let these things out uh to the free market and to anyone and everyone and every government and anyone who can get hold of it you know there is the potential that this stuff will be used in ways it was never designed to be used and uh, I, I think that's probably the scary thing that people are thinking about you know Hollywood makes a big thing about this right you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> For me, that's the most exciting thing. I don't think anybody thought the internet would be what it is today mm. and the internet would change our lives. And I'm sure there was a lot of skepticism about it at that time. This is no different. We're always skeptical of something we don't know. But the most wonderful part of life is actually discovering and learning what you don't know. Mm. And at the end of the day, if we look, whether you look at the world, you look at technology, you look at anything, it is 1% that goes wrong and it's a fear of that 1% that sometimes we thought the other 99% and in trying to control that 1% we lose also lose sight of the other 99 things that went swimmingly well and that mm. resulted in all these beautiful cases and if you look at ai itself i mean the simplest and the one basic use of AI that has been there for decades has been the autopilot on our planes Mm. on which all of us have sat almost all our lives.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah.
1: The autopilot is doing exactly that. It's in the air. It's making decisions every single second. Now we are just talking about doing that on the road and, you know, on somewhere where it is, um, where we can touch and see and feel it a bit more than... You know, on the on the plane, because not everybody knows about it, and everybody feels there's a human being sitting in the plane and and acting as the pilot. Mm. Um, yeah. But it is both; it's man and machine together that actually flies that plane. Mm. And we've been very comfortable with it all our lives.
0: Yes, um, but I mean, it's interesting. Maybe, maybe artificial intelligence is the wrong phrase, the wrong word to describe what it is. Maybe it is an autopilot that sits alongside the human operator or the, the you know, whoever to help them to achieve a particular result or, a, or do their job more efficiently or better, rather than something that is artificial intelligence that <laughs> removes the need for biological intelligence.
1: Yeah, probably, probably so. Yeah. Some merit in that for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay then. Well, it's been lovely talking to you, uh, Hamine, And uh, thank you very much for taking part in the podcast today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.